This is Lil. And this is Tam. And we're the Barely Bougie Mamas. So today we're talking about mental health. But which way are we talking about mental health? Are we talking about it in general? Or are we talking about it in taking care of it through therapy? Because that's what I thought we were doing. What do you mean? What's the difference? Well, we could talk about mental health in general, like, you know, the um, recognizing depression in kids. And Yeah, I think, that, I think that it's all the same thing. Like, we'll talk about mental health and what it looks like and what we, our opinions on it in that situation with our children. And then we'll talk about resources and what we would do or how we have dealt with it in our own life. So, I mean, it I... wouldn't be just therapy, right? Like... I was thinking just therapy, but okay. What were you thinking about just therapy? Well, because there... Just dive in. Go ahead. <laughs> Bitch, what do you... So, this, no, is, because... this is Liliana's... I think this is more your specialty. No, because mental health is such a broad thing, mm-hmm. right? And I don't... I don't. Neither one of us are experts in mental health. Mm-hmm. But we are experts in how therapy has helped us with our mental mental health. Okay. Right? So, that's what I was thinking about focusing it on. That portion of the umbrella. So, you'd be looking for us to be experts. You know what I'm an expert on? Shucking chil- and jiving. My children. Oh. <laughs> I'm only an expert on my children. Did you hear me shucking and shucking and jiving. And like, who sucks and who, who jives? Who sucks and jives? <sighs> no, but okay. I don't... I mean, it's all a part of it. I think that would be your perspective of it because you've had more... Therapy. Therapy yeah. and dealings with therapists and that whole shit. Where I haven't. Oh, I thought... I went to that therapist. For how many? Uh, two times. Why'd you stop? Um, it was inconvenient. and uh, That's true. It has to be convenient. It was very inconvenient, the time going there, the time that she was available. Um, I found I got more from talking to you or any of my other girlfriends <laughs> that have gone through plenty of therapy. <laughs> and you, guys, you all got more direct to the point. Like, so... She was sitting here like... Was she a white woman or a black No, woman? it was a black lady. You know, I went to a black lady. That's why it was so fucking inconvenient. Because I had to find the black lady on the list. Right. And then I got to, you know, maneuver myself over to where she is on the right. other side of damn town. Opposite with, of your direction yeah, of going home. to sit with this black woman that's no shade but don't have no children and is not married. Oh, well, then that's not helpful. So I'm not saying that you can't be a therapist and help people... Who are not in like those you. situations, yeah. but for a new therapist person, what is it for a new therapier? What do you call that person? Therapist. No, me. Patient. Client. Patient. Patient. Yeah. Getting therapy. I want you to have experienced my shit. I don't believe in the book that hard. I believe in experience. So, I'm new to this. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> let's go. Oh my god! <laughs> Believe in the book that hard. Well, I don't. I know. No, I'm just laughing because it's absolutely you don't believe in the book that hard. No, I don't. So, so um, I thought we were on the because you said you wanted to do therapy or mental health because you thought that was the one thing that we agreed upon. I think so. What are your? I mean, I'd be agreeing with like the first you know two thirds of what I say what you say but that last third is what what pushes you off my path yeah the last part be like what bitch what you wanna do what so like okay oh my god so um okay so that was your experience with therapy is that the only time you've ever been to therapy yes could you put your phone down so we can have a conversation my phone is down I did get a text We we're ready to talk about uh, oh my God. phone addictions again. <laughs> it's, it's bad. I know. It's real bad. That's a whole issue. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that another time. Okay, we'll stop. Let's pause. Okay, so that was your um, experience with therapy. You had two therapy sessions? Yeah. That's it? Nothing else? No. How about your kids? They have not. Okay. We went to an intake. And that's it. And that's it. We never went back. Okay. So, okay. Before we get too deep into therapy, because I guess we don't agree. Because therapy is not the immediate thing, right? Or maybe it is. So, 
with children, let's talk about these uh, 2008 ones. Because those, uh, yeah, because I've met a couple of other parents of 10 and 11 year olds. It's it's a 2008. It's something about 2008 children. And Especially, you know, I think it's them fires that we had here in the San Gabriel Valley when they was infants. Really? I don't know. I don't know. I think they're indigo children. I think they, you know, have a little more spiritual connection. <laughs> Wait, go back. Indigo. <laughs> what the fuck does indigo children mean? I don't know the whole details of it. Look that shit up. But it's like, it's like, Google it's like, Google it. It's like um, a, 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 um, a certain type of awareness that the, the spirit still has. Um, and a, a certain level of maturity. I know from, that from most of the 2008 kids that I know, first of all, me and my friend who have both have 2008 kids, we they all crazy, but it, it also, they are all also old souls. Yeah. That's kind of indigo, but you know, it has some hippier uh, reasons to it. Go- yeah. Google it. Google it. Somebody. Praise the God. <laughs> um, uh, but so like in talking about them. So, I guess, I just want to talk about the kids. Okay. I mostly want to just talk about the kids. Because I think that's what's... Um, Driving your need for therapy. It's not about therapy, nigga. I'm just talking about my kids. Okay, so can I talk about my therapy? <laughs> <laughs> can we do a build-up to therapy? Like, or just... Okay. Go ahead, therapy. No, I'm just going to say my experience with therapy. So, your experience with therapy, okay. I had therapy when I was... Uh, 12 and 13 for two years and it was me and my mom we went together um, I think it ended the summer of my 8th grade year so we had that it was a trauma and we, we got it taken care of which was unusual for my mom mm-hmm. but it, um, I was proud now in hindsight I'm proud that she actually did it like she actually went with, with, with me and you know made it happen mm-hmm. and um, then when I got pregnant with JoJo, I was I told Nick we need to have we need to get some couples therapy because at that point Ari was a year old, less than a year old, mm-hmm. and I was like the way the life our life is running right now, I can't sustain this. I can't sustain this. You know, you got to we got to work this out, and that lasted for about ooh, three or four months, and he was actually coming. But he was not engaged in the process. He was just like, you're forcing me to come here kind of thing. Um, Yeah, so that didn't go so well. Also, therapy is really hard. Like, you got to be at it for two or three years before it, like, actually takes, I think. But anyway. And then now I'm back in therapy because I finally got some health insurance. That was one of the first things I did. I was like... Let's get a therapist. Get a therapist. And I... um found a black woman in Pasadena that I mean her the our appointment time was one o'clock on every other Wednesday mm-hmm. which is like uh, a little bit like you know but I I just worked it out I was like to I, get there mm-hmm. to get there I mean it's like 15 minutes from the office so I was just taking a two-hour lunch instead of an hour lunch on, on the every other Wednesday so mm-hmm. it kind of worked out wasn't that bad I since I can make a lot of my schedule I can schedule a lot of my meetings around that if you need to yeah yeah yeah. so that's what that's what happened so that's my therapy experience now let's go back to our kids well so because that because I think that what I hear here is therapy is a maintenance um Outside, outside of your first interaction with therapy you said it was because of trauma The other times, it sounded like it was maintenance. Right. But that first therapy session, I think we got over the trauma in the first year. The rest of it was skills and tool sets. Skill sets and tools that would help, that helps help you deal with other things that happen in your life. Yeah, so then this is different than mental health. Yeah. Why you think I said <laughs> so? Okay, we were thinking about two different. We were things. thinking about it in two different ways because yeah. when I'm thinking of mental health, I'm like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psych psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So I can't say my son is depressed. Right. Right. I can't say uh, my daughter is having anxiety. But I think that like that's I'm like nah. 
I've looked around, I've read enough stuff. And then I'd just be wondering, like, in this society of over wokeness, like niggas is hella woke right now. I've been in quotation woke and had knowledge of self since like the nineties. And we wasn't like this. Yeah. Like it was it's different. (laughs) And I give it to y'all. Like I give it to y'all. Like I get it. But we're so woke that we're hyper analyzing every single thing. And so I'm my struggle right now is are some of these behaviors Typical. typical childlike behaviors that a child matures out of or is this behavior that is problematic for a cisgendered male uh black male and i should correct the behavior now and make sure that he doesn't go into a troubled area or am i just overanalyzing it because I've read so much stuff and I think that one situation is a big deal because there's all kinds of stuff because you don't want your you don't want your son to be a fuck boy you right. don't want your son to be a misogynistic person right. um, you don't want your daughter to be misogynistic or sexist or or, or, or um, gullible and reliable relying on on anyone or right so then they're like oh i want my girl to be strong but then i want my boy to be strong but i want my boy to take care of girls and then i'm like oh all these different areas of fucking wokeness i'm confusing my kid or i'm confusing myself like it's just so much it is so my so my idea of mental health right there are some things that are normal Growing, right? Normal, mm. required mental activities for an eight-year-old, for a seven-year-old, for a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, right. It, it, there's just some things that they have to do or that they do. Um. However, it's not my place to assess whether or not that's normal. Right. I think that's where a therapist or a mental health professional comes in. And so I think that the thing is that from myself, the tip that I am taking for myself, I know we ain't even at parenting hacks. We just started, (laughs) but it's like, bitch ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it sounds like I need to put a therapist appointment in rotation. Even if it's one appointment, and even if it's once a year, like the physical, like your physical, because we're not going to the doctor all the damn time. Right. We just go to get a physical, everything growing right. Everything's where it is. It's almost like that should be a part of the requirements. I think a therapist is an integral part of puberty. You absolutely. If I didn't get that intervention at 12 and 13, I don't know where I would have been. Outside of the trauma. So, had, so I mean, I, I feel like it's different. You, you had a trauma at that age that switched things for you, right? And so then you went to therapy. I didn't have any big trauma. I went through puberty, like, whatever. Like, not like whatever, but I just went through puberty. Well, I don't know. I think that... So, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I was molested at 12. No, 11. Um, so, I... I wasn't th- trying to make you say it. That's I know. I it's fine. Trauma. Okay. It's fine. Um... So I think that if the, because I didn't have therapy and I didn't have someone that was watching out for my mental health, mm-hmm. I was one of those girls that was easily influenced. And, and I mean, he was a predator and, and he groomed me and blah, 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 those kind of things. But really, he was a predator and he knew what he was doing to to maneuver me into um, into the molestation. However, I feel like I was vulnerable at that time. And, it, and um, if my mother... I can't say my mother would have been proactive because black people back then didn't do health, mental health to begin with. Yeah. But if I had gotten mental health at that, that age, 11, 12, and been given some tools to understand like one of the big things for me personally was that I wanted to be popular mm-hmm. and one of the things that my therapist and I worked through at that point was what is popular why can't you just be happy having the friends that you have aren't you happy with them why are you always you know like the grass is always greener kind of thing so I think that 
that age is crucial in helping kids navigate all these emotions and all these things you feel because your body your body is going crazy and your mind is is snapping a little bit during those ages mm-hmm. so anyway that's my when I talk about mental health and kids that's what I'm thinking fuck me not even five minutes it came right back I wonder what it sounds like it sounds like that yeah it's gonna sound that loud mm-hmm. we really need to get a studio <laughs> really need a sustainable place to record okay so I hear that I'm not sure if I think it has to be with the therapist but I definitely do believe that around that age between 10 and 13 um, a child needs to be empowered to to kind of to come into their own and to and and also to understand because like I can tell my kids I'm blue in the face that they're gorgeous but until there's an outside influence that says you're gorgeous, they're not going to hear me. Well, see, I'm so far I'm experiencing the different a diff the the a difference with my kids. Mm-hmm. My kids feel bomb. Right. They feel gorgeous. If that like if that's not an issue. Right. Um, for them, it's intelligence. If I say you're smart and you're doing a good job, but then they get C's. They get C's. Or their friends are getting all A's and he's not getting all A's, then he just feels stupid. And then he'll spiral into feeling yeah. worthless. And, and then I'm like, oh my God, is this a mental health issue? I would, then, I would say yes. To why? Because you need to, he needs tools to stop himself from spiraling out of, into that, that hole of, I'm, I'm no good. Right. I mean, I, I hear that. So, but the, what we did for it is that we gave him the tools to become a better student. Which was, for for him, we were like, okay, well, probably be, this child gets these grades because he spends the 30 minutes reading. And maybe we don't set the time for you. So let's try it. Let's set the 30 minutes aside to make sure that you read. Let's set this time aside, too, to make sure they get your homework done. And he's been doing so much better. So I felt like I could give him some of the tools to help him be more prepared. Now, I don't know if that's going to fix him spiraling in any other areas. Right. That's something that I guess we'll have to grow into finding out. But shit, I don't know. But then, like, so the other thing, like, this is all crazy. Like, I'm, what, 42? Uh-huh. I'll be 42 in January. So almost 42. And, you know, no one ever talked to me about, well, let's talk about stigmas. It was on the, li- on the, oh, on the, it was on the outline uh-huh. because no one talked to me about mental health. And now at this age, I'm like, oh my God, I it's have anxiety. Oh yeah. I yeah. have anxiety. Mm-hmm. No, I don't claim shit no more too, because I'm also, as much as you believe in them books, I believe in the power of positive thought and the power of Who the said word. I, as much as I believe in the books, I just don't doubt the books as much as you <laughs> doubt the books. <laughs> but um, based off of the definition of anxiety, I've dealt with anxiety most right. of my life. Mm-hmm. And so has my mom. So, yeah. So it's um, so when we when I took my daughter and so that's the beauty of of being kind of open in this um in this time period so my mom she used to tell me about these things that were like so this is what the doctor told me so my mom used to always tell me like oh well i don't i'm not gonna even think about that because i'll always think the worst and i'm like what do you mean so like if a baby is running in a room she thinks the baby gonna fall and hit their temple on the corner of a table and then blood is going to gush out the kid's brain is going to come out on the floor and then that child is dead that's the way that's how she spirals that's how she spirals right so my mom I, I, I don't tell her like if I'm driving in the mountains I don't tell her if I'm doing anything that could be risky right and then I always let her know like hey 
I'm gonna be out too late. I'll be so you're not thinking. Oh, she left at six, and now it's ten. She's not home. Mm-hmm. She probably rolled over off the freeway, and her phone flew seventy miles away, and so now she can't reach him. Like that's how far it would go, right? Right. And you. And so then, but so she used to always tell me that uh-huh. when I was little. Uh-huh. Mine showed itself in relationships. Because you were always what thinking that it was gonna end. No, I mean. Okay, the, the best the best example of it, this is for all my girlfriends because I've said it to all of them. My anxiety used to be in such a way that if I called, so like, so say me, you, Liz, and Jametta are crew, uh-huh. right? So I call you and you don't answer. I call Liz and Liz don't answer. I call Jametta, Jametta don't answer. I call Lily and Lily don't answer. In my mind, you guys are absolutely all together. And you guys are all, and you guys, are, and you guys look at your phone and say, "Fuck her! I don't want to talk to her." Can you believe this bitch is calling us? Why does she think that we're gonna do this and that? And then, like, so then I would make up a whole conversation, a whole conversation that we all having. But nigga, the the shit of it is that I would make up the whole conversation, get pissed, and then say, "Fuck y'all," and be like, "Fuck y'all." So in three or four hours, when you text me back, I'm ignoring your text. <laughs> So who's fucking up the relationship now? Right, right. Not, not them. Yeah. They didn't do shit, but just be busy. Right. But my head took us to where now I'm mad at you. And you nigga don't even know why I'm mad. You ain't do nothing. I ain't do nothing. They literally did nothing. So fast forward, I have child now. And my little girl is sitting there and she's fuming. She mad as fuck. I'm like, yo, why are you so mad? And she's like, well, Agala did this, and I thought he was going to do this, and I thought he was going to do this, and then he did this, and this could happen. And, like, she just started going with all these things. And so I said, Samaya, but what actually happened? What really, really happened? Tell yeah. me exactly what you experienced. What happened? Mm-hmm. He said, no, I couldn't use his laptop. I said, what else? That's it. I said, so why did you get... Where do you, how Where did you, did you get, get the, the rest of the story yeah. from? And he's, oh, because he always says that. And then this is what he, and I said, well, you, I said, you have a good imagination. I said, and what you're doing is you're letting your imagination take that story and become bigger than it is. And now you're believing the story that you imagined more than the actual story of what's really happening. Mm-hmm. And I said, does that happen to you? And she was like, yeah. And then I said, do you ever get mad at something that you made up in your head and then you're mad all day? And she said, yeah. I said, okay. And I took my baby to therapy that week. See? Because I acknowledged that I did not have the tools to fix that. Because it was also something that I had dealt with. But being 40-something and her being 7 and me hearing her say that, I was was like, Yeah. Let's fix this. Yeah. Let's fix this. So how many sessions did she go to? Well, she went to the intake. She went to the intake, and he said, yeah, anxiety can be hereditary. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. And he was like, and she could, you know, she it might help her to come to some sessions. And I was like, okay. And I was like, who is about to really do this as far as getting her there? Oh. And then I lost that job, and then, like... Insurance and... Yeah, um, that was in July, right? Yeah. So, it was, it was before, like, so... It's just been a few months, and so in my mind, we're still we're still working it out. Like once we get all the insurance and everything back set up the right way, and yeah. then I'll so at I'll, the beginning of the year, sometime I'll swing her back in there once I get a schedule kind of set and established on right. who can take her and all that stuff. But then now that I have a definition, I've just been trying to do better for on myself and my own anxiety and yeah, my own her. making up of stories. On my mom's making up of stories in your mm-hmm. head, and on my daughter, and we just talk about it because right now that's the only thing that we have. Because also, it's not like a therapist is not like a doctor with Kaiser. I can't like right now if they she break was, their legs, you can go to Kaiser and they get it taken care of, and then they, boom. boom. But it, with Kaiser, it's a big old production to get to therapy, which production. is a fucking issue in America. Yeah. America's health shit really sucks. I know. So, my girls have been to therapy. And they did, they both did a year, a full year of therapy through the school. Again, because I worked there, I was like, 
they need therapy. And they were like, well, um, I said, what do I have to say on the form for them to get therapy? And so I wrote that out and they were going to therapy once a week. Well, what do you have to say on the form to get your child into therapy in public school? You have to say that, uh, what was it? That she is, what was it? Mm, I don't want to lie. I got to look at my form. But okay. it was it was something to the effect. We'll find it. We'll just yeah. find it. Because also, this is we, these are our friends that listen to our podcast. Right, and right. some of them have younger kids. Some of them are dealing with this. And maybe not even telling us. So, like... But the other thing is to go to the... Th- like, go to the school and make an appointment with the, the person who assigns a therapist. And be like, listen, I need my kid in therapy. Because this, this, and this. Well, and is, isn't it called counseling in elementary school? Or is it called therapy? I don't remember what they called it, but it's essentially a therapist. A lot of times, at least at our public schools, they were intern therapists that were working under a licensed therapist. Okay. So that it wasn't quite like independent, like uh, like you were going to a therapist's office, a marriage family therapist's office. Mm -hmm. So I got them in with a little bit, like I asked the teacher to write the um, reference. Because I wrote the reference and they denied it. And then the teacher wrote the reference and she got it in. Now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. Um, I think it was a combination. Like I wrote and then the teacher wrote. And then they were like, okay, maybe she does need it. But Ari did well. Her full year there, she like she engaged with the therapist. They made some, got some tools like that. JoJo was not having that therapist. She did not like her. She thought she didn't know what she was doing. Once JoJo found out she was a student and not a full-blown therapist, JoJo was out. She was like, I don't deal with these half people. You got to be licensed. But what were they going to therapy for? So, JoJo was going for her anxiety and her crying. Like, JoJo would cry for no reason. She would do kind of what what you're saying that... um, Samaya did. Oh, with the uh huh. With the with the making stories up and spiraling things even worse. Making it worse in their mind. Making it worse in her mind. And she has not gotten she didn't get the proper tools because she didn't engage in therapy. Right? So But you're her mom. What are you talking about? So what tools can you give her? Well, that's the one I do give her tools. I do similar to you what yeah. you said. But JoJo is at the point where she needs professional help. I I can't help her. In your opinion, that's what you feel. That's what I feel. Now, JoJo is also the one child that is not at all like the rest of the family. Um, Even when she was, I think she was in kindergarten. Now, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. I go to Seventh-day Adventist church. I went to Seventh-day Adventist school. My mother raised me with all the the Christian properties of Seventh-day Adventism, which excludes talking to the ancestors, energy with crystals, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I took JoJo to a crystal practitioner, to an energy rebalancer mm-hmm. in kindergarten because I was at my wit's end on what to deal with, on how to deal with her. <laughs> she got a little piece of rose quartz that she keeps in her pocket <laughs> to, to help balance her. <laughs> But see, okay, oh my God, this is more reason why she's probably an indigo child. But then part of me feels like I've been, I've been concerned about talking about this subject on the podcast for exactly what we just did right now. Where we aired their laundry. We aired their fucking business out. And this is going to be on the national podcasts forever. Agala cannot wait to hear my podcast. And I told him, I said, well, they'll be up forever. So one day you will listen. Well, I... What I have said so far, I don't feel like would be a surprise to JoJo. Okay. I just think I want to both both of us be check me and make sure that we're mindful of okay. it. Okay. Well, do you think there's something I said that she would be... Oh, you said she's not like the rest of us. And she's always been like... Da, 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 da. But I'm not JoJo, so I don't know how she would take that. She might be like, hell no, I'm not like y'all. <laughs> Amen. I Listen. was never like y'all. You know <laughs> That's where she would go with it. She would be, I mean, cause like we all love, we, there's love and, and yeah. in our family and everything, but Jojo is not like us. She, she doesn't like loud, loud music, loud noise. We all talk loud. We all laugh loud. She hates that. She likes to have order in her life and 
there's no order and we don't mind disorder. Mm-hmm. So it just, she really does not, she, yeah. she's really different you know, from the rest of my us. My 2008, my son, he thrives on organization and discipline. Yeah. Um, had I been more organized and disciplined, he would have been the straight A student back then. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, and that's uh, and so I maybe I don't know and I go back and forth some of the stuff that I'm like oh these are emotional things like he's too sensitive then I'm like is he really too sensitive or am I too not sensitive enough am I not sensitive enough is there a such thing as too sensitive should we be allowing people to fucking just feel their feelings right and that was part of my issue with Jojo is like I don't fucking cry but this child cried all the time, every time, for whatever. And it used to drive me fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> like a hella black parent. Right. Get these, I'll give you something to cry about. I, granted, I never said that to her. <laughs> but it would be like, God, Jojo, why are you crying again? What now? You know, it was not in a place of sympathy for yeah. her tears. I, I feel bad sometimes because I have uh, progressed to the don't nobody want to hear you're crying. So do that in private. Oh my God. We we did that to JoJo. So one of our coping mechanisms for JoJo. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. What was, did I just do? Was, <laughs> so we, we couched it more as a coping mechanism. It was like, okay, JoJo, if you get upset and you want to cry, go to your bed. And this is where you can cry and have all your emotions. She had a little twin bed that was on the bottom of the bunk bed. And she could put her little curtain, her little blanket up and make Just it a little... be herself. Bitch. And be herself and scream and holler in the bed. But when you are ready, after you're done, then you can come out and you can hang with hang with us. But please don't come out here with the screaming and crying. And it wasn't, it was never like, go in your room. It was just like, this is where you can be yourself and, and have your... That your, is so sweet. I have never been that calm in that situation. Usually the screaming and the crying has gotten so loud... I'm like, carry your ass to your room <laughs> and don't come back out here till you stop crying. So listen to listen to why we had to be we had to get there. So one <laughs> Sunday afternoon, fall I remember it was fall because it was kind of cool outside or whatever. Mm. And Nick has a football game on and Ari is doing something, you know, Ari is playing, Karina's playing, but the, and nobody's playing together and I'm in the kitchen cooking Sunday dinner. And Nick comes in and he's like, so why is JoJo crying? JoJo had been crying on the couch and nobody acknowledged or seen it. Acknowledged or seen it. No one. Because mm. it had become so common that we were just like, hmm. it's just background noise. Turn the TV up a little louder, put the headphones on and let her cry. And then at that point I was like, okay, this is not okay to allow this, to let this child just lay here and cry and nobody acknowledges what's going on with yeah. with, with her. That's the anxiety. Yeah, because cause the baby, Samaya does that kind of shit. Yeah. And, and it's fucked up. Like, some, this podcast is just exposing all of my fucking sexlessness too. Because when my daughter was the one crying and the crier. Then you came over and woo-woo-woo her. I hugged her and I yeah. took her to her room and I told her, you know, Relax your mind, calm yourself down, whatever, whatever. But when it was my boy, I was like, it's not that serious. Mm, he's not allowed to have those uh, have emotions. That's fucked up. I'm making him a fucking nigga. Like, yeah. I'm making <laughs> Why you crying, bitch? I ain't crying. Why you crying? Like, no, I don't want him to be that dude. I don't want him to be oh that dude. <laughs> but I mean... But then we've also told him too, like the truth is I get I get sad. Daddy gets sad. Right. We both get our we get not even sad. What I used is that both daddy and I have been disappointed. Right. In your presence. And you've never seen us break all the way down. And there's two reasons. Because the disappointment is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not the end of my life, and it's not the end of my existence. It's something that I wanted and or expected, and it didn't happen, and it sucks right now. That's it. I said, I need you to understand that, that it sucks right now, that 
in five or ten minutes, you'll move on. You always move on. We spend more time going back and forth about him not crying than if we would have just been like crying and be done. Yeah. So it's weird. Well, I mean. Oh, I have another thing too. Okay. Well, there's that. But also, you know, we have to remember that this is also developmental. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because like I remember when I was looking into starting a daycare. And you had to go to these classes. And the woman was like, well, you know, the neighbors, they have to let you have a daycare. And somebody said, well, what about the na- if the neighbors complain? And she says, well, if the neighbors complain about crying and you have all toddlers and, and, and infants in your care, then... They can't complain. They can't complain. But she says, if they complain and you have five-year-olds and four and five-year-olds, then we're going to come and investigate why these children at this age are crying yeah why there's so much crying and it was like yes there is a difference between a five-year-old's way of coping with anxiety and an 11 year old's way of coping with anxiety yeah so okay this is not about therapy but I just think it's kind of an interesting subject, and I didn't tell you about it beforehand, so I'm curious. On oh, how my gosh. She tried to do the um, <laughs> surprise on me. Surprise. No, it's not really a surprise. It's still about mental health, and um, just kind of talking about the different myth- mental health uh, experiences or people that our children have interacted with with different mental health issues oh okay like in that aspect because um like for instance growing up public school out here there was room 13 at my school mm-hmm. room 13 were all the special needs or mental health Kids. Chi- children mm-hmm. now we didn't know what mental health issues they had it could have been something from autism to multiple sclerosis right which is like Two different things. I know. Difference. I know. But they were all in that same class. And so it's interesting now because that was a part of the stigma. So it's interesting now to see that um, there are children with autism in some of the public school classes. There are, I mean, and now we know more about autism. There's like this whole spectrum of it. Right. So like there's that. There are children with uh, dyslexia and different types of learning behaviors. But I wonder... Do the kids know? Do the kids acknowledge that these kids are um, so different? In, or is it, or should they be acknowledging it? Like, should you say it? Should you say, oh, well, he doesn't understand the same way because he's autistic and this is what autistic means. So, yes, they know. They might not know what the clinical term is, but mm-hmm. they know that they are different. and that they Because now they pull them out. They stay in the classroom, but then they get pulled out for an hour or two to go um, over... T- with the special teacher or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they know who those kids are. But right? they don't know what the... They don't know what the issue is. Um, however, like, I had to have a conversation with Karina because one of JoJo's classmates, her brother, was like... It looked like he had a stroke or had an accident. And so he was... He could walk, but he had, like, a half-paralyzed face and a... Um, and a paralyzed arm. Mm-hmm. Like, so half of his body was paralyzed. And he was also a little slow. Like, maybe ninth grade kind of slow, right? So, he... It was morning drop-off or something. And he, like, ran into Karina and then just walked away. I think he said sorry, but in a gargled sorry way. And then he walked away. So, Karina came over crying and she was very upset. And she said, and all he did was laugh. Because his the frozen way his mouth was frozen mm-hmm. is a smile. Mm-hmm. So I was like, who? And then when she showed me who it was, I was like, okay. So no, he's not laughing. That's the way. You know, so I had to go into this whole explanation that, you know, and maybe he did say sorry, you just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, so, you know, he's special. You got to kind of give him a little bit of grace or a little bit of space. And she was like, she still didn't buy it. Because she was like in preschool or kinder right. at the time. So I try, and then there's some people at my church who are, they function perfectly well, but they function at like a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old level, Mm -hmm. and they're grown men. It just happens to be two men, Mm 
So um, I keep my girls away from them because one because like they don't they're not they haven't been socialized properly. Who your kids or these men? <laughs> these men, they haven't been quite socialized properly enough. Like nigga, this I didn't mean this conversation seems like it's gonna be problematic. Why? I don't know, but keep going. I'm just saying that <laughs> that. What do you mean by socialized properly? What do I mean by so? Yeah, maybe I don't understand. He is a, he is a grown man in a ten year old's body, but he still has grown man reactions. Like he still gets erections, and he still wants to be to to look at breast and ass. Uh-huh. So he does that. He does it with the grown women, but now my girls are. Starting. What you mean he does it with the grown women? So like I, I just want to understand. I just want to understand. No, no. Like there's um there's a couple of ladies at our church who are. You know, they got one foot on the safe side and the other foot in the club. I don't club. Need you judging these niggas, but you mean that they look bomb when they come to church. They'd be looking curvy and, and soft and voluptuous. And short short skirts. And and, and, and and revealing. They just be putting it up. Ba-bam. And red lips. They and bad. They, they just... They coming in bad. Sexual. Right. So, they gravitate to these women. And then they want to talk to them. And the women, of course, know how to handle them and to turn them away and that kind of stuff. And then I... And then they want to go play with the little kids because they're still little kids, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so my girls are getting to the point where they're starting to look like these women. Mm. And I'm like, okay, enough. And my girls interact with them as grown men. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's, Because of their, their age, the men's age. Yeah. The men's age. They look like grown men. So my girls interact with them as grown men. And I'm just like, you know what? Neither one of y'all have the capacity to understand the other's situation. So we're just going to... So what do you teach them? So I guess that's my... So my whole point of bringing this up was really like, what's the... Uh, so... How do you how do you explain? Okay, so I'll say my experience with um, anybody with a, a different mental health. Um, or just with any mental health. So my... I don't know. I guess he's not my godson because they never asked me to be his godmother. But he is my son's godbrother Mm -hmm. because I did ask his parents to be my son's godparents. And they are maybe a year apart. So Mm -hmm. he's literally been a part of my son's life since forever. Right. And so they're a year apart. So we were able to go through the process and see them find out that he was autistic and get into schools and whatever. But since my Agala grew up with him, we never really had to explain anything. Right, because he understood. Just as they grew up and as his godbrother's mental development was a different way, we just, I think the only thing that we said is like, you know, um, he's not going to always talk to you, but he's can see you, he can hear you, he can understand you. He just doesn't communicate the okay. same way that you guys mm-hmm. communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, you, he still wants to play. You still talk to your godbrother. Like, right, still right. deal with your godbrother. And so, maybe because it's not the age difference... I kept making sure that I was like, you know, no, this is you still fuck with him. Well, like see, this is still your 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 comrade. And what you're but you need to understand that he may not understand something that you're saying or doing. And if he does something and you're not sure why, come and tell me or his mom, and we can clarify it for you. But he's not a stay away from him because right, of this right, and that. Right, right. Don't leave him in the corner with the crackers no. and y'all over here playing on the video games. Yeah, no, that's that's not the okay thing. Now. Plenty of as he got older, um, he would just go and do what he wanted to do. You know, right, he just right. wasn't. He was like, "Oh, y'all doing that? I'm about to go over here." Right, right. And it wasn't that he was being isolated, ex- isolated or excluded. He was just doing what he wanted to do. Right. So what you're talking about is their peers and their yeah. mental health. We don't really have that experience with their peers because mm-hmm. um, most of their peers that have mental health issues are in the school with them. Okay. So. I don't know. You don't know what they have or what's I, going on with them. Right. Exactly. Or I don't know the specifics of it. I do know that my kids have been defenders of those kids before. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm talking about is just in general life, like 
how to recognize someone who has mental who is not neuronormative. Neuronormative, check you out. <laughs> oh, look at you. That's the second time today I've used that term. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I have done a couple of things. We've have had a little bit of talk about it. Similar, like, yeah, people just learn differently. You know, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, and I think that's what's important. I'm finding that that's what's important, especially if I'm going to try to introduce therapy to my kids. For me, because I don't come from a therapy household. Right. So it's not like I went to therapy and then the daddy went to therapy and mom goes to therapy. Oh, daddy didn't go to and therapy. And we talk about therapy. Like and like Like I went to another doctor's appointment. Like, that's not the norm. So it's quite possible that I might have filled my he- kid's head with some stigma previously about going to <laughs> a shrink. So, about going to a shrink. Okay. <laughs> right. Get your head shrunk. So... My husband is absolutely not for therapy. Okay. He's like, we ain't, I ain't crazy. Cause I've been, since his mom passed, I've been like make, dropping little hints. Like about going to like some grief therapy. And you you know, you, you want to, you need, he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. So I think if a big break happens, then maybe he might think about, it, but that still might, might not happen. Right. Um, so of course they're getting, growing up with this dichotomy of two parents one parent who is a gung-ho therapy and the other parent who is like you ain't crazy you don't need to go to therapy um so i'm trying like so i think jojo fell on that side on nick's side and ari fell on my side like if it helps it helps well let's go right so we're trying to i'm trying to yeah walk that minefield as well yeah and i think that really like it's so fucked up the tv and my kids' friends mm-hmm. have been helping because Agala asked me the other day. He was like, Mom, is depression contagious? What? 11-year-olds. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and now listen, they was all on the phone with each other. or not? They're all on the game. Uh-huh. And that's what they're talking about. Somebody was depressed. And then Agala said, what? Is depression contagious? I said, yeah, sometimes. It's not. How you know? Oh my God. Because depression is a clinical state of being. Being sad and being depressed are two different things. So, true. Here's how my mind works. Okay? You ready? The ancestors, go ahead. Not the ancestors. (laughs) The ancestors don't have nothing to do with this one in this particular situation. So, what I think is, so, for instance, um, we had some issues in our fucking adult life, right? Mm-hmm. My husband was, in my opinion, depressed. Not like he went to a therapist or anything. Of course not. But I think he was depressed. Me, being his fucking wife, as an empath to him, empathetic to what he's going through, and his wife, his reflection, in that sense too, I fell right into it with him. All his woe is me's became our woe is me's. And the things that he was spiraling about and he wasn't feeling confident about, I wasn't feeling confident about. Then we couldn't even help each other because we were both so well, so deep drowning. down both in, the, in the drowning of it. So not that you can actually catch it, but because I believe in the power of your thoughts and the power of your mind. If you're sitting around with depressed people all the time and all they do is be depressed about whatever whatever's going on and just sharing what's going on and the anxieties and the spirals and the spirals. I'm not talking about the portion of depression where you just sit in your room in the dark. I'm talking about the time when you're just like with people. But I don't really know. I don't know. But I think that if I'm sitting under sitting with you and all you thinking about is how bad shit is and how much you can't survive and you can't win, and everybody's against you, and I'm sitting here right there next to you, I'm like, damn, I get it. How would we survive? Oh, my God. We couldn't win. (laughs) (laughs) They are against us. (laughs) So, yeah, you can catch that shit. You got to keep your mind right, baby boy. That's what I told him. I said, people have toxic thoughts sometimes, and you got to cancel them out. In Jesus' name. Now it's time for parenting hacks. It's absolutely time for parenting hacks. Oh my god. 
Okay. But what are the hacks for this? I mean, like, these parenting hacks are getting way harder. It was so easy when we were doing little things, but now, like, we're into these deep conversations. Deeper, 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 deeper conversations. It's like... So, I have a hack. You have a solid hack. Are you talking about your solid hack, solid hack for therapy? I have a solid hack. Puberty therapy, kids. Yeah, there's that. But also, trust your gut, right? I didn't, I thought Ari needed therapy, right? But then, like, Nick talked me out of it with, like, we not crazy. And when we got denied the first time, you know. But then I was like, no, I really think she needs therapy. And I pushed forward and she got it. And it was her life. She was so much better after it. So much better. Like, and she still wasn't like happy. But also she was okay with not being happy. Before she used to be like in that anxiety thing. Like, why am I so unhappy? Why? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, like I should be happy. I have all these things and da 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 da. And now she's at the point where she's like, no, nah, I just don't feel like being happy. Which is the best place, I think, for anybody to be. Like, um, you know, people come to her and they're like, you should smile, you know, these old black men. And I'm like, no. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And she walks away from him. I'm like, yes. Because I've said that a couple of times. She don't need to smile. She's fine as she is. She's just as pretty. I don't understand the you need to smile thing. Oh, that's just a crazy old black man thing. Uh, oh, it's I don't know, I don't know. It's stupid. It's a it's a patriarchy thing. Yeah, I, I for me it always hits me differently. The um I, because I smile a lot, right? Um, from being and here's some funny some funny things that you learn about yourself, right? Um, I sang in a show choir from sixth grade, which is like eleven. Uh huh. A part of the show choir is smiling. A hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Like literally knowing how to sing every word and smile. Right. How to walk and smile. And I learned that at 11. So now it's part of you. It's a part of me. I smile. And then also my mom used to hate her mouth because her resting mouth. Uh, Was the, oh, uh, a uh, frown. Frowns. Or, you know, her lips point down. Mm-hmm. And so she used to tell me to turn mine up. Ah. And she was like, oh, turn it up. You don't want it to do it. You don't want to look like you're frowning. So I probably got all kind of shit all clogged up in there. I'm like, you're like. <laughs> right? Um, but I don't want my child to feel like she has to smile to make people feel comfortable. You, I, my resting bitch face is my resting bitch face. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. I think I've done all right with my kids with that. They don't feel like they have to do shit for anybody. Right. Well, and also that's another defense against mm-hmm. I mean and then I like so for instance <laughs> this lady came by the house the other day she was a friend of my husband's they were working together and when she was leaving she gave my daughter a hug I thought the hug was too long she smelled her oh. smelled her head and was like oh she's just so delicious and such a beautiful little girl and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and she's eight much seven and then when she went to say bye to my son, she shook his hand. And so I didn't like that. Right. I didn't like you hugging my daughter all hard and smelling her. And then I didn't like you not showing the same kind of love affection to or me. affection to my son, like icing him. So when she walked out, I was like, y'all know you don't have to hug none of these people. Right. You understand that? As, and so, I, you know, and I, you know how mine, mine is point blank right, all the right. time. It's mm-hmm. just immediate. So I'm like, are we clear on this rule? And he, they were like, what? I was like, you are not required to hug anyone, any adult. Yeah. Period. And I was like, is that clear? And somebody was like, yeah. I said, so did you want a hugger? He's like, yeah. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But. Let's and it's clear. also okay to say stop. Yeah, let I might need get, to. I might need to add that. Let one. me go. Yeah, if the hug is too long, when I get fall back, <laughs> because I was even like, damn, bitch, have a baby, right? Like, <laughs> but you know, she's a, a a mother. She's a lady who like her kids are teenagers and are grown ups and stuff. So I, I don't 
But either way, we had the conversation. But you're going to get off my baby. You're going to stop smelling my baby's hair. <laughs> Bitch. What the fuck is happening here? Do you have a parenting hat? Do I have a parenting hat? <sighs> I like to trust your gut. But um, I would say a parenting hat was get your own shit right so that your gut can be on well, point. That's the other thing. You know, because what I what I worry about is that I haven't gotten my own anxiety and you're in check. It. Yeah. yeah. And so since I haven't had my own anxiety in check, then I think, oh shit, my son's suicidal because I've seen, you know, three or four, ten or eleven year olds on the news that. Oh, I stopped watching the local news. My God. I have stopped. There was like a nine-year-old that hung themselves and like all these different things that were crazy. And I was fucked up. I stopped. Yeah. Because I was like, is this me or am I missing something? And then my husband was like, no, I was the same way. I was literally just like this dude. Right. He's cool. And I'm like, are you sure? Well, are you sure? I I don't don't know know about I was just like it and he's okay. Because nigga... But I mean, I don't know how okay you are. And also, like, you were okay in that time. Right. It's different now. It's different. And also, our our level of okay was still not... Yeah, not probably. It was not healthy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But so, yeah, my parental hack, my parenting hack in mental health... It's late. Tamara can't talk. That's like the fifth or sixth. I know. <laughs> And I'm still not done. I still have to go to choir rehearsal. Um, <laughs> and then drive an hour home. Praise God. Oh. Um, but definitely the parenting hack is get your own mental health together so that you can follow your gut and you can properly see signs. Right. You know what I was thinking? One of the things that you said during our, our podcast just now that we kind of glossed over was like, why can't mental health therapy be like um a on the physical, checklist and the required as part of the physical right like we okay we go to the physical we have a physical on your birthday and we go see this therapist on your birthday and talk about the milestones and things that have gone on i mean because i mean you know what what's like i'm gonna go on to a tangent about more about motherfuckers don't really this is why i would like to educate my children myself oh so yes we should Include, I think this is a good parenting hack. Include a mental health check with a pro- trained professional at their at the time you take your yearly physical. It's yeah. a yearly mental health. I mean, health and the check. thing is, if if you have a, like a Kaiser situation, you might be able to do that because you don't get to see their therapist that often anyway. Right. And if there if your child is not diagnosed with something and you're not saying, oh, I want them to go and see someone regularly, then yeah. Right. I think that's cool. I mean, also... But so, like, how do we make that happen? You guys have to do it yourself? What? Make sure that you get the mental health yeah, and the physical. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? Because our healthcare system is all about the physical health and not about mental health, it is hard. Because, like, even me getting my, my therapist, it took... First, I went on Black Girls need therapy or mm-hmm. what, or some I forgot therapy what for black girls I think therapy for black girls and then I went on the black mental MFTP um, <laughs> site and then I because now you have to because I have specific requirements it has to be a black woman mm-hmm. right so um, you and license so now you got you go through the licensing then you got to find somebody who who takes your insurance and trying to find that's like the golden fucking triangle trying to find all that lining up and shit yeah it's it's impossible not impossible it's very hard and time consuming it's time consuming so you have to be committed to doing it to doing it I wish that this fucking government was committed to mental health like they are to these goddamn shots they keep calling me and telling me that I gotta take my kids to go get Uh they're so fucking worried about my kids getting goddamn chicken pox or chicken pox you have to fully fully vaccinate yeah Yeah, so I gotta go and get fucking chicken pox damn shots but he can slice his wrist or or hang himself with no problem because nobody checked to see if a motherfucker was mentally mentally touched that's that's rude I didn't mean mentally touched that's fucked up that's that's politically incorrect I heard when you said mentally touched what I heard like mentally touched by a professional that's what I heard see that's not what I meant oh (laughs) Oh my god! 
much. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's important. Well, I can't not say this. I have to say it. Mm. Presidential Democratic uh, candidate, Andrew Yang. Okay. Andrew Yang does, in his policies and different policies that he's written, includes mental health in regular health care. Listen, I don't care who it is, because I think Medicare for All that Bernie is, is, is touting and um, Elizabeth Warren's... Um, Affordable Care Act alterations. Mm-hmm. Either one of those, I don't care. We just need to get it. So, but neither one of those people, right, have a specific care or concern about for mental, mental health. health. I'm only bringing Yang up because legitimately, he's talking about the same things. He's saying that if we had marriage counseling earlier and it was a part of something easily that you can get when you when you get married marriage counseling is available and it's free right and it's a part of your insurance if we had that from the start our children would be less likely to even need some of these mental health um who you telling because ain't nothing like a fucked up marriage to fuck up some kids Exactly. Like you were saying, y'all both, you two niggas both over there. So what was going on with our fucking children when both of us were like, whoa, as me, us, this is so hard. What was going on with our babies? Right. You know, I have no clue. Well, I don't even remember at that time because I was so focused on me and getting myself out of the hole. You know, there was a whole... You remember when I kept saying, I just want to go in a cave. I just wish I was in a cave. I Mm -hmm. wish I was in a cave. I'm seeing now that for me and my personality, that's probably as close to suicidal as I would get. Right, right. Because I don't want to be in a cave. Yeah. I'm a showboaty ass bitch, you know? Like, I'm like, I want to be on the stage. I want to be in the mic. I want to be at the show. I want to be everywhere. So for me to spend six months wishing I was in a cave... Mm Mm-hmm. That's wishing you were dead. Right, right. Yeah. So, like, I had to step back and be like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. This is where I was. This is where I was. And who was taking care of my babies at that time? So that's really why I even brought up Yang. Because he makes a specific point about how it would overall help our children. And if we help our children with their mental health now, it could maybe avoid some of these mass shootings in the school. It could avoid some of... Just the normal thing, the, the constant things that are continuously happening. Yeah. Even if it's just smoking cigarettes. If you if you got your mind right from the beginning, you're not going to fall to a cigarette guess to, who, to, 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 to calm you and relax you. Guess how, who are habitual smokers? The people that are depressed, mental health people. People who start before they're 18. What do you mean? If you start smoking before you're 18, uh-huh. you will be a smoker for the rest of your life. Oh wow! Really? Yep. That's why Joe Camp. That's why the the nicotine companies got like sued because, because they, they were targeting young people. They, they were targeting young people. Yeah. They, Joe Camel. You remember how he was so cool and he was always wearing like you know the latest. Yeah, shit? I didn't really buy into it because I was a part of that age grand, but I never felt like smoking was for kids or made it cool for kids. When did you start smoking? I started smoking cigarettes. I don't know. Like, so, I mean, what does that mean? Like, buying cigarettes? No, I mean, like, when was your... When did you start smoking? When were the first times you... remember? Do you remember when... Was it I in high school? I remember the first time I snuck a cigarette. Hmm. Is that what you mean? No, I mean, like... Yeah, okay. When so, we- like, so that's something that gets different. So, my mom's a smoker. My grandma's a smoker. Most of my aunties are smokers. So, I think a lot of my shit is hereditary with just seeing it as a, it was a thing. Like, mm-hmm. aunties go and sit outside and they smoke and they talk and it's just, like, communal. So I smoked, I snuck a cigarette in middle school and we coughed and choked one cigarette and it was like seven of us. <laughs> and we're like, oh, why are they doing this? This is the fucking gross. Oh, you know? And so I didn't smoke again until I started drinking more. So maybe. Um, <laughs> I like that qualifier. Keep going. <laughs> it was like, so in high school I drank, but I didn't smoke cigarettes and I didn't smoke weed. Whenever I got with Gerald, so 18, 18, 17, 18, yeah. 17, 18, but he smoked and I smoked with him. Right. And it, then you, were, you didn't have your, you didn't go buy your no. own. No. Yeah. And then when I was 23, when him and I broke up, I didn't smoke anymore. 
uh-huh. because he didn't smoke. And then at some point, I found some, I found a group of girls that I kicked to it that smoked, and they smoked, and I was like, "Oh shit, let's smoke and drink." <laughs> she smoking, she drinking, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's all oh, the songs. I smoke, I drink. I'm supposed to quit, but I can't. <laughs> And this is Tam. Thanks for listening. And we're so sorry that we missed last week. Listen, life got in the way. I, I had all these big plans. <laughs> so um, just keep listening. There may be some changes in the format, but we'll always have something for you. On Thursday mornings. Thursday mornings. Thanks. Have a good week. Always remember, you're the right parent for for your your child. child.